Now time for the BCHL Podcast. All the way in front, backhand, scores! Turn on the red light, the Capitals win it. Donaldson shoots, scores! Sean Donaldson shorthanded. Now one of a breakaway, in alone is Libel. Club save is Colby Hedquist. Nice move. Tanelli to the goal, to the backhand, scores! Cue it up. Tyson Dickett again, he scores! There's one for the highlight reel. Magnus all the way around, he scores! How do you do? Zach Michaelis, coast to coast! You go back to the goal! Oh, what a setup! Oh, me, oh my, put that a PCHL tonight! Hey there, welcome to the BCHL Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Adamson. Well, BCHL fans, we've gotten through the summer months, and the hockey season is finally here. After a few weeks of training camp and preseason games, we get going for real and it all starts tonight. There are nine games on the schedule this evening, which is the maximum with all 18 teams in the league on the ice for their season openers. We can't wait to kick off another exciting season of BCHL hockey. And with that in mind, we have fired up the BCHL podcast once again. On this week's season opening episode, we have a couple of special guests. First up, we speak with Merritt Centennial's head coach, Curtis Toneff, and we also speak with Penticton V's defenseman and recently named team captain, Frank Jurasevich. We'll start things off with Toneff and his Merritt Centennials are about to embark on a special season. It's the team's 50th anniversary since being in Merritt. As many people know, the Merritt Centennials are the longest continually run franchise in BCHL history. Uh, they were part of the original four teams. They were known as the Kamloops Junior Rockets at that time. Uh, and after a few moves to uh, a different areas, they've continued as the Merritt Centennials uh, for the past 50 years. Needless to say, the team has a lot of special events and initiatives uh, on tap for this season for their fans and the fans of all BCHL teams to enjoy. So we talked with Curtis about that. Uh, and of course, he took over the team midway through last season. So this offseason was his first shot to really put a stamp on the roster. So uh, we talk about the team this year, their outlook for the season, uh, and even get into uh, a bit of his coaching and playing history. He has some previous experience in the BCHL Uh, which he tells us all about. So uh, let's not waste any more time. Let's get right to it. Here is our interview with Merritt Centennial's head coach and general manager, Curtis Toneff. All right, Curtis, this is a special season for the Merritt Centennials. It's the 50th anniversary since uh, arriving in Merritt. I know you've only been with the team since mid-season last year, but from from what you've seen in your time there, uh, what does the team mean to the community in Merritt? Uh, they're, They're such a team has such a presence here when, when all the guys are in town and um, you know, people, people in this community is no secret been through a lot in the last um, you know, number of number of years, I guess one, two, three years of, of if it's not forest fires, it's been floods. And um, you know, this, this team's kind of always been, been a staple here and always been something where the community can rally around. And um, I think last year we did uh a run for the food bank. That was our first thing we could do in the community uh, post COVID, I guess. And um, it's, it was almost like, Oh, the, the, the people in the community were like, Oh, the centennials are they're, they're back. We can, 
we can talk to them again kind of thing. And it was, it was really cool to see. And, um, you know, moving forward in this year, we've, you know, obviously rallying around our, our 50th season and, um, you, you know, a lot of new faces and, and players and, um, just a sense of normalcy around the, the community f- f- for the first time in a, in a few years. And, uh, and we think an exciting product on the ice for, for people to look forward to. Yeah, I want to ask you about um, specifically about the flooding last year. Obviously, it was a terrible situation that Merritt and the surrounding area dealt with. Um, and I know this, the team was kind of a, a big part of um, the recovery process and, and um, kind of working through that. So what, what specifically uh, did the team get up to around that time? And you mentioned the food bank and, and that, but what other things did the team engage in, in the community to um, aid in, in recovery and also kind of just boost morale around the city. Um, the, the floods happened um, a couple months or about a month and a half before I, I got here. Um, just from what I, what I've heard is, you know, I guess a, a the players had to get out of, uh, of town for a bit and find find places to stay for for that week. And um, I believe that. When the, when they came back, their first win was the the first game after the floods. Um, but uh, in and amongst the community, I, th- I think they were out um, just helping out uh, in whatever way they could. I, I can't give you specifics; I wasn't here. But uh, um, you know, I, I know even even one of our billet families was you know without a billet after the floods because they they had to uh, find a new place to to settle for a, a few months. And, um, just coming into the, the the town once I saw where the flooding did happen, it was like it was like wow, this is this is like something I've never seen before. But when you're just driving down the main drag, you can you couldn't really tell anything had happened. So it it was um, it was yeah, definitely an eye opener. So switching gears here, um, but also keeping with the the 50th anniversary, what what kind of special events or initiatives can fans expect from the anniversary season? What what kind of things does this, does the team have planned right now? Um, it kind of started off with um, our golf tournament in the summer, and, and from what I've heard, there was just so many you know different um, groups of alumni that came where maybe most years it's kind of this, a bunch of f- familiar faces. And I think, um, there was, I want to say from being there, about three different eras of, uh, of coaches. There was, there was players, I think, you know, the, the Brian Barrett era, right. And there was a group of the Mike Vandekamp era. And I think that when Eddie Beers had coached, there was a, a group from there. And, um, I think those guys had a pretty good time at the, at the golf tournaments. And I think, um, it might even bring them back at some point this year. And starting off Friday night, um, we have a, a bunch of events. Um, we have uh, four, four or five guest speakers before the game and obviously introducing our, our 50th team this year. Um, so it's going to be a really busy night. Um, I think, uh, you know, the mayor's talking, um, our league uh, commissioner, um, um, our president and, I believe the the original owner will be speaking as well. So, um, just uh, just uh, you know, uh, an event filled night right off the bat, um, and then into the season we get to do our um, annual icebreaker again. Uh, that's always in October. That revolves around a, usually a two game set on the weekend. 
so a Friday game and a Sunday game on, on the Saturday night, we have a big kind of uh, gala where the, the community, the parents, the billets, the players, everyone, everyone's there and, and interacting and getting to know each other um, to, to kind of kick off uh, what will hopefully be a great year. Um, after that, I'm sure come 2023, um, you know, Noah will have um, even more things planned, but we're, we're really focused on just doing a good job here. Uh, Friday night and and with our icebreaker we have a we have a 50th committee that that are kind of dotting the i's and, and crossing the t's um, for these things and um, that to go along with just just getting involved uh, with a sense of normalcy in the community for for just game to game events is uh, it's going to make for an exciting year for for everyone uh, that that enjoys hockey and merit we hope. Oh, excited to see it all come together. Um, as I mentioned earlier, you took over as head coach and GM mid-season last year. You've had a full off-season to put your stamp on this roster. Uh, before we get into specifics uh, of the players, how were, how were you hoping to build out your team this year? What types of players were you looking for? What uh, style of play do you expect uh, to play this year? We we really focused on our, our decor to start. Um we, uh, I, I got here and I think I, I brought in th- three or four defensemen by the time, you know, for this year, by the time March even came around. Um, I think we, just that identity of being hard to play against, um, kind of strong, bigger and stronger uh, young men and uh, guys that we think, you know, if, if we didn't jump on, someone would have late in the summer or even you know, perhaps taking them maybe a year early uh, and just growing and, and, and coaching them uh, into what uh, we see from them as players. Um, and, and then from there, uh, our forward crop, we, we've just basically been chipping away at that. When a guy come has came up, you know, we see if there's a fit and um, I'm not going to lie. A little bit of size has, has played a factor size and age. I think, um, you know, in this conference, especially in this league, if you're, your average age is 17.8 years old, it's it's just it's tough to win, especially down the stretch. And um, we have so we have some young players, uh, but we also have made a point to to fill out that that 20 year age. 20 year age gap or, or age uh, bracket that 19 year old um, age bracket, um, So, you know, a little bit of experience and that doesn't even have to be in junior A hockey. Just sometimes being older uh, when you're away from home um, can play a long way in, in getting through a season. Um, and then we have some young guys we're excited about, but I, I guess the theme is almost like a bit of a, uh, Maybe the, in a bigger spectrum, like the the New York Rangers, the way they've been in the last couple of years, just four lines that can play um, and bite you. And that's kind of how we, we've uh, built the team. And I think we got a good one in, in Hayden Dunford out Albertian net, a uh, 20-year-old who, you know, through COVID hasn't had a heck of a lot of opportunity to prove himself. Uh, he's complimented by Johnny Hicks who was amazing for us last year and, and we expect him to take a step as well. So 
a one-two punch in nets, four lines that can play, and, and D that are hard to play against uh, has been, uh, I guess, our theme here going into the season. So there's a ton of new players on the team this year through recruitment and trades. And uh, I've learned in my time here that you, you don't ask a coach to, to pick favorites or anything like that. But are there one or two players that you think that'll eventually be kind of endear themselves to the fans? Maybe not necessarily the best players on the team, but just players that the fans will get behind in kind of a, a classic fan favorite role? Yeah, I think there is. Uh, besides our guys that are returning, five or six of them. Um, I would say a guy like, um, Diego Johnson will start to, you know, become a fan favorite at 16 years old. He, he skates, uh, you know, skates at the level and more, um, he, he resides in merit now. Um, he, he goes to school here. He has a very outgoing personality. So I think he's, he's a, a player that once, once people get to know him, he's definitely going to it'd be a recognizable face around, around Merritt on and off the ice. Uh, I think, uh, uh, Brandon Sacchetti, a player we got, uh, in, in quite the rigmarole of a trade out of the, the, the Alberta league. He's been, uh, you know, a welcomed addition. He's again, he's going to wear an A this year. He's, he's no going guy. Seems to love to be here. And he kind of, you know, play, plays a game that uh, can turn some heads and make the fans, uh, you know, look twice when he, when he's out there and, and the opposition. And I think let's face it. Everyone loves a goal scorer. Uh, Jackson Krill, I think he had two points a game in exhibition and uh, he can beat goalies clean in our rank when he steps over that blue line. And um, I think Jackson will, you know, uh, Jared, our, our color announcer already calls him Krill the thrill. So <laughs> I think that, that one, uh, that one seems to have stuck. So <laughs> those are three guys right off the top of my head. I think there's other guys that'll, that'll come through as well. But um, yeah, a lot of these guys are working part-time jobs here in Merritt. I think that's uh, a rare thing maybe in our league and, um, and doing things like that. They're, you know, even more part of the community. And I think, I think there's always, you know, five or 10 hours a week to get out there and we've encouraged them to do that. And, and they have, which is, which is cool. So even with all the new players, you did mention a group of five or six returning guys. Uh, I want to ask you about one of them specifically in David, uh, David Patella. He was your captain and, and the second leading scorer last year. He's back for his second year with the team. Uh, what are you expecting out of him this season in his second year in the league? Yeah, just to be the player that David is. And that's nothing overly flashy. Uh, he doesn't have to go out of his way. Um, I think he has a good, uh, good presence about him. He's, he's serious. Um, you know, he's not afraid to, to speak up. He's not, af- he's not afraid to, uh, you know, challenge, you know, uh, his teammates to be better daily. And, uh, I think he does it with his own work ethic that, um, you know, guys will follow. So at 18 years old, you don't expect him to be perfect all the time. Um, but I think, when I got here last year, I, I, I analyzed the room a lot and I, I can't always kind of came back thinking, you know, he hasn't, uh, he hasn't done anything, you know, not to deserve to, to wear that C for a second year in a row. And I, in our discussions this summer, I said, you make sure that's your room this, this year. And he's, he's done exactly that, but without overdoing it. And, and I think he's got a good support cast um, behind him. 
So the the team had a solid preseason. You guys went four and two through six games. Obviously, those games don't count in the standings. But um, what did you learn about your team during exhibition play, and um, maybe how they they came together early in the season with so many new faces? Uh, just that they're they're very intelligent, you know, you know kids and, and, and hockey players at the same time, and that's a that's always a nice thing as a coach that they're picking up on things. Um, very very quickly um we've gotten all their or for the most part their their transcripts from high school and just looking at their grades um you know they're they're setting themselves up for for success not only on the ice but in in life and and post-secondary so um it's exciting for us and and sometimes that tells us maybe we can throw a little bit more at them than we think right as coaches it's always keep it simple keep it simple but um Maybe we throw a little bit more at them if you know if we do have uh, uh, quite a quite a bright uh, group on our hands. It's just by luck of the draw, um, and uh, I think we can uh, you know we can use that to our advantage in, in many ways. So this stint with Merritt is your first time as a head coach in the BCHL, but you're already very familiar with the league before that as a coach and as a player. Um, first, focusing on the coaching side, you were an assistant in trail for a couple of years from 2015 to 2017. I know you went on to coach uh, Junior B on the island. You were uh, a coach in Humboldt in Saskatchewan as well. How did all those experiences prepare you for uh, your role now as your first head coaching job in the BC Hockey League? Yeah, they, they all did in their own little ways. Um, being in trail, um, I was thrown into many unique situations for, I guess, for my age. Um, you know, our, 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 my first year, our head coach was released with five games left and it was me and then two, two part-time assistants, you know, Craig Clare, who's, who's kind of running the, sh- the thing in trail now and, and Barry Zanier and, and they, they had full-time jobs at that point of their own. Um, and just to get through that season, I think we ended up rallying and winning a couple of games. Um, and then into the summer, we, we took our time to, to hire a head coach. Um, and that was Cam Keith and spending a year with him was, was very beneficial for my, for my coaching uh, career. And, and from there coaching junior B is, uh, it was a very difficult thing for me in a good way. I should I should uh, say, because I was, again, just 20, 24 years old in my hometown, uh, coaching, coaching 20-year-olds that um, almost had mutual friends with and, and just, <laughs> just kind of, uh, just kind of just creating that uh, line of <laughs> uh, what what to cross and what not to cross. And we had some good teams uh, in Nanaimo and um two years in that league was in the VIJHL was, was very good for me and just kind of got, uh, got the itch to get back into the grind and, and riding the long bus, bus rides and more, more of the day to day grind. So that's kind of why I stepped into the, the role in Humboldt and, uh, coached with Scott Barney, who maybe uh, didn't have a heck of a lot of coaching experience, but he played pro for 20 years and, it was almost seeing seeing the game in a different light um, with him, and he was very offensive. I'm very defensive minded. Um, I learned a lot more about the maybe the offensive side of the game from him. And being a head coach now, I, I work with the forwards a lot more than I ever have. Um, so I guess my time with Scott there really helped my 
my forward uh, thinking mind because it was uh, all D for for years prior to that. So I think uh, at the end of the day, things happen for a reason. I, I probably thought I was ready to be a head coach in the BCHL at 22, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I was in hindsight. Uh, but here we are, I'm 29, and I think I have enough experience to, to hopefully do a good job here. And then you also played in the league for a handful of games with Alberni Valley back in 2010-11, then a bit of a longer stint with Trail in 2013-14. I know it really wasn't that long ago, but um, what differences do you see in the league now compared to when you were playing in it? Yeah, just the the individual skill up and down a lineup, uh, the, the structure within the game, um, and just the speed of it, I guess, right? Um, these guys are are so creative, even one on one now, and um, the, the the speed of the games um, probably as fast as most leagues, and that includes pro. Um, their their leagues are probably just a little bit more structured, where ours is. Um, just watching it out there, it's like, wow, I can't even believe I played in this league. <laughs> it was this fast when I played. I don't think it quite was. It's just you know, technology and the year round athlete that a hockey player is now it's, and the way they take care of their bodies is, is probably enabled the league to be that much better. Um, back when I played, I couldn't really remember what kind of system we were running or what we were doing drills we were doing in practice. Really. It was just kind of, uh, go out there and play for the most part, but now there's a lot more video and a lot more data involved with the whole thing to, to go along with, um, you know, really good, uh, well coached all the way up, uh, players. Last question for you. So, uh, no secret merit finished last in the standings in 21, 22. Uh, you guys were one of two teams to miss the playoffs, but, uh, with an overhauled roster and, and a full off season under your belt, uh, what are you expecting from the team this season in general? We want to, we want to make the playoffs and we want to get out of the first round and go from there. And that's what these players were told on day one of, of main camp we're, we're building a team to 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 get to the playoffs and win in the playoffs and uh uh we believe it can be done and uh, just uh, you know it's kind of cliche it just starts to get better every day and uh and having a good start to the season um i think is very important for us uh you know good start to the season will equate to more butts in the seats and and making our building harder to play against. And our schedule is not easy down the stretch, so we, we got we to gotta jump, jump on it early and, and kind of go from there. All right, Curtis, thank you so much for joining me. Um, excited to see what this 50th anniversary season looks like and uh, excited to see what this new roster can do. Thanks very much, Jesse. Thanks so much to Curtis Tana for joining the show. Uh, really looking forward to seeing what the 50th anniversary season holds for the Merit Centennials. All right, moving on to our second interview, we speak with Frank Jurasevich, the defenseman and captain of the Penticton V's. Last we checked in with Frank, he was raising the Fred Page Cup above his head uh, as the V's celebrated the 2022 uh, BCHL championship. 
Jurasevich ended up being the go-to leader and de facto captain of the team last year after the team's uh, original captain, Finn Williams, went down to a season-ending injury uh, midway through the campaign. Uh, so it was on uh, Jurasevich and his fellow uh, leaders on the team to take over and fill the void uh, left by their captain. And he was uh, eventually chosen to receive the trophy during the ceremony at the end of the Fred Page Cup Finals. The V's surprisingly have 16 players coming back from that team, which is pretty rare in junior hockey, especially for a team that uh, enjoyed the success that the V's did last year. So uh, there's plenty of excitement and, and high expectations for the team this year. Uh, so we connected with uh, Frank to talk about how his offseason went, look back on the playoffs last year and their championship run, and of course, uh, assess their chances this year. So uh, plenty to talk about, plenty to cover with Frank. Uh, let's get right to it. Here's our interview with Penticton V's defenseman, Frank Jurasevich. All right, Frank, uh, you and your teammates captured the Fred Page Cup last season after winning 16 straight games to clinch the trophy. Um, going back to that time, uh, what was the mindset of the team as, as the wins kept piling up and, and you were getting closer and closer to a league title? What was the, the vibe and, and the, the mindset in the dressing room? Yeah, I mean, you know, we lost our first playoff game at home and against Trail, and you know, they were a tough opponent for the first round. And, you know, we, we kind of came to the room the next day. No one was worried. No one panicked. Kind of stayed with what we practiced and, and worked on all year. And then obviously we won the next four against Trail. And then as the series just went on and we kept playing, we just we knew what we had to do to play and how to win. And it kind of it kind of kind of fell into its own thing. If we played the right way, everything kind of happened and fell into place the way we had it. We needed it to, and that's kind of just what happened. The, the mindset in the room though was, was was all chill. You know, we every time we won, you know, we. We know why we won. We know how we played and how we had to uh, recreate that the next night to keep the wins coming in. So last season, unfortunately, you lost your captain, Finn Williams, to injury midway through the year. Uh, but you kind of ended up being tabbed as the go-to leader of the team after that. Uh, you were eventually the one to receive the Fred Page Cup uh, in the trophy ceremony. So uh, what did it uh, mean to you to receive that honor? Yeah, I mean, first of all, losing Finn halfway through the year was such a detrimental thing for our team. Finn was been such a such a close friend of mine, and he's such an amazing hockey player and a great leader. And having him as my captain my first two years really really taught me how to be a, a proper leader for a team like this. And he prepared me extremely well for uh, when when he went down. I was I was lucky enough to you know be with him, and he, he showed me a lot of things to be able to lead this team. And he definitely helped me a lot. And then. Yeah, you know, we when we won the championship, being able to receive the Fred Page Cup was one of the best moments of my life. Um, worked so hard for that trophy all year, and then the playoffs. You know, everything happened so fast. When you look back on it, so many, so many small things happen that make it so much harder. And everyone, you know, sees we won 16 straight, but it's never as easy as it looks. And being able to receive that trophy was definitely one of the highlights of my life. So having gone to the finals and, and played until mid-May, I'm sure the offseason seemed pretty short for you. Um, how did you approach the downtime in the summer and kind of balancing rest and preparation given the, the amount of hockey that you played last year? Yeah, it was definitely a really short offseason for me. I was only home for about two months back in New York. And yeah, definitely the first thing was to just kind of reset my body and my mind and everything after a, a long, long year and kind of went home and hung out with family a lot and slowly you know started to get back on the ice definitely in the gym all the time and you know doing stuff at home but definitely the first let's say the first few weeks at home are definitely much more chill and then 
kind of as, as the summer went on, I started to ramp it up a lot, getting ready for this year. So looking ahead to this year, um, you were officially named team captain in the off season. We talked about how you were kind of uh, took over that leadership role last year. So how much easier does it make it for you having kind of gone through it? You didn't have the C last year, but you were a, a go-to leader. How much easier does it make it for you this year now that you are the, the official captain of the team? Yeah, it definitely helps, you know, having that responsibility on my shoulders through the second half of last season through the playoffs definitely prepared me to officially become a captain this year for the team. Um, lucky enough, we have a lot of returning guys and that also helps with, you know, team chemistry and working on systems and all the small things that go into, you know, the game definitely helps having so many guys back. So, um, yeah, it, it definitely, uh, but yeah, last year definitely helped me prepare to be a captain. Yeah, you just touched on this a little bit, but uh, your team, by my count, has 14 players coming back from last year, which is pretty uncommon in junior hockey, and especially uh, a team like yours who had so much success. Usually you see a lot of guys move on, but um, how, how much easier does it make it this early, in, especially early in the season? Usually there's some growing pains. Um, how much easier does it make it knowing that everyone's already familiar with each other, you know the systems in Penticton, you know the community? Uh, what's that going to be like to start the year? Yeah, it, it definitely helps so far this year. It's been, you know, there's not, there's not as many new guys that have to be, you know, worked into our systems and our culture here. It's much more, everything's already, you know, fine-tuned and everything for the most part. All, our new guys have all been great so far and all the returners have helped them helped them fit in and, and work on on the ice and off the ice. And it's come, come along a long way in the last few weeks. Um, and it's definitely going to help throughout the season. You know, everyone kind of knows how we need to play and, how our coaching staff wants things and all that type of stuff. So having all those guys back will definitely help us. Yeah, and, and as a defenseman, that that area of the team, that part of the roster is is has the most the the highest percentage of guys coming back. I think you you have five of your six. Uh, five of uh, your defensemen from last year coming back. So um, when you when you look at that and, and the guys returning, uh, what what can you say about the group of defensemen you guys have back there? Yeah, we have a, we have a great core of defensemen. Uh, we have five returners and two new guys, but one's already uh, a veteran in junior hockey. So we only have really one rookie defenseman and six veteran defensemen. So having a, an older core of defensemen to, to lead the back end is definitely a huge advantage for us. Um, five of us have already all played together and went through the ups and downs of a long season and a playoff run. So we're all well prepared for that. And yeah, we've all had a good off season and everyone's come back great shape and looks what really good on the ice so it should be a great year on the back end and one area uh, of the roster where you don't have much uh, bchl experience is in net um you you lost Caden lane uh from last year who was the starter he's moved on to college and uh unfortunately colin purcell st- had to step away from hockey so it's it's a fresh start in net for the v's um it looks like the team will be rolling with a combination of uh, luca DePasco and and hank levy in net uh obviously the relationship between the goalie and his defenseman is important so uh what have you seen from those guys uh so far through training camp and preseason yeah, they they both been great. You know, having Caden last year, it's a tough goalie to replace. He was an amazing goaltender for us throughout the last year and the pod season the year prior. Um, but yeah, our, our new goaltender is Luca. He's looked fantastic so far. He's been he's a great guy. He's great, he's a great goaltender. Plays the puck really well. He's a bigger guy. He's really strong. He's he's got a really big presence in the net. Um, Hank's been great as well so far. 
he's worked really hard in practice and he's, he, he was able to win his first game for us and he's looked great as well. Um, for the decor and, you know, the goalies, we've worked on a few things with, you know, there's goalie talk and communication things that have to go on during the game, but so far everything's been really smooth. Looking ahead beyond this year, um, you committed, you're committed to Merrimack college where you will head next season. Uh, when it came down to making that decision, why was Merrimack the best fit for you? Um, Merrimack just checked a lot of boxes for me and my family. I live three hours from Merrimack back home. Um, I've known their head coach for quite some time where he's coached at a few other programs. Um, I have a good, really good relationship with him and all his assistants. And I just, I really love the school and the culture they're building there. They're on, they're, they're an up and coming, I'd say they're an up and coming program who really arrived on the scene last year and had a great year. And, um, a lot of their, a lot of the way they run things there and their culture and the way their team plays, I feel fits my game and my personality. And I'm really excited for when I'm able to go to Merrimack next year and play my four years of college hockey there. And I'm really excited for that. Last question for you. So uh, you're obviously the defending, defending champions. Uh, you have so many returning players. So naturally the goal is to go back to back and win it all again this year. Uh, the BCHL hasn't had a back to back champ since Vernon won three in a row from uh, 2009 to 2011. So uh, for you, given it's your, it's your final year of junior hockey, how special would it be to accomplish that uh, with this group again? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, that's definitely our goal is to go back to back. It's never easy. We know, we know we have a target on our backs and every time someone comes with the SOEC or we go into another team's building, you know, that's, that's their marquee game for them. And that's the game they want and they want to beat Penticton. But at the end of the day, like you said, we have 14 guys coming back and we have a great new group of, of players and, and goaltenders and all that. And I think we're primed for another great season. It's, there's going to be up and downs for sure. And it's going to be tough, but I believe, you know, especially as my last year junior and a lot of guys, we have so many guys coming back, you know, that only means so many guys will be leaving. We all want the same thing. We want to win a championship again, have that feeling again, because there's, there's no better feeling than winning a championship. And, you know, we're definitely a goal that's on our minds every day and every week, every time we're at the rink or we're practicing or whatever it may be. That's always our main goal. And we're looking forward to that this year. All right, Frank. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. Uh, and best of luck as you guys get your season going this weekend. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, that does it. Thank you so much to Frank Jurasevich for joining the podcast, uh, who you just heard from. And of course, our first guest, Curtis Toneff. As I mentioned at the top, the BCHL regular season is finally here. Uh, you can watch every game this year on bchltv.ca. Uh, and all you need to do that is to sign up for a hockey TV subscription. Uh, so go ahead and do that. Make sure that you don't miss a single game this year. Follow your team on the road. Every game this year, whether it's regular season, playoffs, uh, can be watched on BCHL TV. All right. It's great to be up and running on the BCHL podcast again after taking a few weeks off during the summer. I uh, hope everyone enjoyed listening. Uh, huge thank you to our producer, Greg Ballack, for putting this thing together behind the scenes. And uh, looking forward to uh, bringing you more great interviews this year. We'll talk to you again very soon. Bye.